Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. We are happy to have everyone for a, a big show in December. Big show. Uh, Jay McLean, you guys excited to be here? I'm excited. I'm so so excited. <laughs> let's let's start the show off. Let's start the show off. First off, what are you guys drinking? Short and sweet. I'm drinking Knob Twelve. I got a What's nice the- gift from a buddy of mine, Matt Branningham, gave me a bottle of Nob 12 for my birthday. Here we go. There you go. Woodford? I need better friends, but yeah, I'm drinking Woodford. <laughs> I'm drinking um, I'm drinking Weller Antique tonight. You're fancy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> just I haven't had it. 12, and we yeah. have Weller Antique. I just hadn't had it in a while. I felt like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Tonight's the night. Tonight's a good night tonight's, to do it. Tonight's the night. Yeah, you're gonna regret wasting that great pour after this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how much we're gonna argue in this podcast, but we'll see. It's um, gonna be a lot. Gonna be a lot. I, I'm not sure it will be, but um, I think it will. First off, I want, I want your take on something non-golf related. Who should have gotten in the college football playoffs? I feel like, look, I feel like FSU did get hosed. I understand that they didn't play necessarily the toughest schedule comparatively with some of their other competitors. I also feel like not having Jordan Travis under center should not play into that factor. The team overall earned it. And the remainder of the guys on the field should not be penalized because someone is injured. I have a problem with them being undefeated and playing everyone that they did and still not having that ranking. That I have a little bit of an issue with. I, I, I agree. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think I think Georgia's strength of schedule was pretty poor outside of their conference play. If you look at the four four or five games they played outside of the conference, it was pretty lackluster. I mean, they're playing JV teams. Um, so yeah, same with Alabama's non-conference is shit. It, Exactly. So, I mean, you take two one-loss teams just because they're in the SEC. You just automatically dump them in there. Now, granted, they played tough teams in in their conference, which we all know the SEC is probably the toughest conference, and ACC is not as tough. But the ACC still had, you know, at any given time, three or four ranked teams in the top twenty-five. So it wasn't like it's not like it was a mid-major. It's not like Liberty got snubbed by going undefeated and not making the playoffs. So. I mean, they won every game, and they're a Power Five conference team. And yeah, I, I get that. I get that they they with Jordan Travis going down. They're like, this isn't the same team, and they're probably thinking they're not going to be as competitive. Which I that shouldn't play a factor in it. But I'm I 100. That's why they didn't pick them. Yeah, and they sucks. kind of stressed that. But I I agree with you guys. <laughs> I mean, you have a Power Five team that goes undefeated, won won every game on their schedule. Two of their non-conference games were against SEC teams. They played Florida and LSU, beat them both. Yeah, they win their conference. They win every game in a Power Five. What more do you want what them else, to do? What else do you want them to do? I agree. Well, and look at a team like Washington that plays ranked teams that play nobody. Washington gets in. Like what? What are we talking about here? Washington's strength of schedule. If you look at the. Ranked teams, they did beat some ranked teams. I'm not taking that away from them. Yeah, Oregon's a good if team. You look at, if you looked at the ranked teams that they beat, they don't have a strength of schedule that's similar to Florida State, 
strength of schedule. Because yeah. what they're, who they're playing, I mean, my goodness, they beat Boise State, Tulsa, Cal, Arizona State, Stanford, USC, Utah, Washington State. None of those teams are ranked, and they don't play anybody. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it, you know, and people want to say, oh, well, you're just trying to get the four best teams. But they did. Well, then Georgia, then Georgia should have been in the playoffs because I think they're one of Agreed. the four best teams in the country. Agreed. I so agree with that. It's, and it's like, I, I don't know, like, but you Washington put Georgia. Washington gets beat uh, by all four of those teams. Washington gets beat by Air, or by Alabama. Washington gets beat by Georgia. Washington also gets beat by FSU. Washington also gets beat by, um, uh, oh, sorry, brain fart here. Who's the other team in there that I'm I'm brain farting right this second? Texas, Michigan. Texas, thank Michigan, you. Texas, Michigan, Michigan. Michigan, sorry, Michigan. They played Texas early on in the year. Um, hold on. I was Alabama lost. Alabama lost Texas early on in the year. No, I, I apologize. They played Texas last year in the Alamo Bowl. But they, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and FSU all beat Washington. And I'll I'll stand on my pedestal and repeat that to anyone who wants to listen. Probably not many, but you know. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. They want to they want to talk about people want to talk about it's you know the best teams, not the most deserving teams. Well, then Georgia should be in. It's not clearly just the best teams. Nope. That's exactly right. Washington should be out in my in my opinion. Washington should be out. So, anyways, I just it's one of the the big news item from yesterday. Um, a lot of debate at the club yesterday, and so I uh, just wanted your wanted your quick take. Now, let's let's get into golf because we do have uh, a bunch of topics that came about this weekend. We're gonna start non controversial. We'll start with the easy stuff. We'll pick that stuff off early, and then we'll we'll build to a crescendo, McLean. Okay. Great. <laughs> One more bourbon, and that's where we need to argue. Just got to make sure the listeners hang on for the whole episode. There's literally so. no shot. We don't argue. Um, I, I, I don't know about that, but we'll see. So, all right. Hero World Challenge. Um, Scotty Scheffler wins. He's got a new putter. Mixed putting results, but overall fairly, fairly decent from him. Uh, Tiger. I would say looked pretty good, mainly physically. You know, we were just talking before the show started was guys jacked. I mean, his shoulders and arms are fucking huge. And he had tons tons of speed. Wasn't really limping all that much. Seemed to feel good with the body. Um, And yeah. So with, with all due respect to Scotty, he won. Congrats. Great playing. You won the hit and giggle. You're a good player. We already knew you're a good player. The The story coming out of Hero has got to be Tiger and how he how he looked. Again, he didn't he only finish. Story. He finished, what, 18th? Only beat two guys. But I think his his speed and, you know, I guess lack there of pain or lack there of, of a limp is, is kind of the big big things everyone's talking about. And I guess people are getting pretty excited, and I think they should be. What were, your, what were your thoughts on Tiger's uh, weekend? I didn't see anything yesterday. I did see a good bit the first three days, though. I think he gave us a lot of what we expected. You know, he made a bunch of birdies. He made some mistakes. 
The thing that surprised me the most was his short game wasn't quite as tight as I expected it to be. He didn't hit a lot of the hero shots, no pun intended, that we're used to seeing from him. You know, the fly it next to the hole, rip the cover off of it, and tap in for par. You know, he had some questionable short game shots. Uh, he had some questionable chip shots around the greens. Um, he made more doubles than I think any of us would have anticipated. But he followed that up with making a bunch of birdies. I mean, the guy shot even. And if I'm not mistaken, he had like 22 birdies. I'm trying to find some stats here. Uh, 19. He had 19 birdies. Um, he played well in stretches. He didn't get up and down like we're used to seeing Tiger get up and down, which I think is I'm not condemning his short game. I'm just saying he hit a lot of shots with more. They were more abrupt. They were kind of pit shots, letting him roll out. He kind of punched him, it seemed like, with an open face and tried to play with a little bit of spin. Um, he made some doubles. He made 15 bogeys. He missed some short putts, which I think all of that signifies some of the rust that we expect from a player that hasn't played the way he has. But he also made a bunch of birdies. He had 19 birdies, did not make an eagle. But on the backside of that, there was a lot to take away from it. I will say it seems like the comfort shot is without question the fade. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like when he's trying to hit a draw with the driver, it's evident. I mean, you can you it it's not an effortless draw. It's a pronounced draw, um, which is not to say anything bad about it. It's just it's not the you know power draw. It's I'm I'm going to try to rope this right to left and get a couple extra yards out of it. The comfort shots, without question, the fade. You even saw it from the irons. Um, it didn't look like he had quite as much control with his ball when it lands as he usually does. Saw a lot of shots land just short of the flag and kind of run through the green, which I'm sure the greens were firm and fast. But at the same time, it's what we always know is Tiger is one of the best ones to ever get in touch with the conditions and understand what's that what that looks like and control the ball accordingly with the conditions. I don't think he did that as well this week as what we've seen. Now, mind you, this is being very nitpicky, and we're judging him off of when he was the absolute best player in the world and nothing could stop him. This is a different Tiger. At the same time, he produced a ton of speed. He produced a lot of speed off the off the driver. I mean, I was seeing 177-mile-an-hour cuts out there, which is very, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the backside of that, I mean, he's got some rust to shake. Did it look like he was in good shape? Absolutely. Did his gait look better? Absolutely. Did he look more comfortable on the golf course than what we've seen? We didn't. I didn't see one wince. I didn't watch every bit, but I didn't see one wince. And that that's a big difference of what we've seen in years past. I'll all I'll also say is he didn't give up. You know, and I'm not saying that he did previous years, but it seems like we we saw injury kind of take over, and whether it was bad play and injury, and just kind of start to give to that. He didn't do any of that. He fought hard all four days. Um, shot even par. He didn't break 70, but at the same time, he was still competitive. Um, I just think ultimately, you know, he, he didn't get up and down. He didn't make the short putts to, of the tiger that we've been used to seeing, which again, it's not a fair comparison, quite frankly. And that's, that's the toughest part as being a member of the media and looking back at what, what he's doing currently and what we're judging him against. It's not necessarily a fair comparison. And that's it's very tough because when we judge him, we judge him on the player that he used to be. 
we have to understand he's no longer that player. He doesn't have the ability to do everything that he once did. Can he still be competitive on the PGA Tour? I think so. He beat some great players this week in numerous rounds. Um, He showed a lot of promise. He hit some great golf shots. I think there's some rust that needs to be, you know, shaken off. I mean, my God, off the tee, he was stroke gain. He was number four in the field. That shows that he's got some speed and accuracy. Um, Driving distance, eight. That shows he's got some speed. His longest drive, he was number seventh. He had a 370-yard drive. That's very difficult to do if you're injured. He did a lot of things great. I think there's some rust that needs to be shaken off. I think we saw a lot of what we expected to, a lot of birdies, but also some mistakes. And at the end of the day, I, I think, or when the dust settled, however, you, <laughs> you know, there there's a lot of positive to be taken away. My hopes are that he's able to play some events next year. He's able to put put himself out there and stay in good health, and hopefully we can see more of him playing golf. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, there was definitely rust, and, and that's to be expected. It was almost more mental rust that I think led to some physical errors, just some some boneheaded decisions and um, not clearly think, thinking through some things. And But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the expectations, everyone, I think, I don't know if anyone's comparing his expectations to where he was before. It's never going to be there. Um, and he's, we'll, we'll see how it progresses. He does definitely loves that cut still. He struggled with a, a few iron shots uh, with left to right wins. He just couldn't, you know, typically the Tiger Volt would turn that back into the the wind and hold it up there. He was just trying to hit an even bigger cut and um, the results were pretty, pretty ugly at times. And you're so used to him. Even, even when he was coming back the other couple times, his iron game was still pretty good. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would love for him to try to get away from just that slap cut, even with the irons. Uh, well, I think yeah, definitely a lot most, of rust and mental cues that were miscues, I should say. That's the most comfortable shot. I, I, again, the thing that surprised me the most was the short game not being quite as tight. He didn't go to the flop as often as he used to, and he was the best of all time hitting that shot. Best I don't know if he could have around those greens. Those greens seem to be – those edges seem to be really grainy. I, I watched a bunch of guys chili dip them and chunk them. Um it seemed like it was into the green into the grain on every chip in those collection areas. I don't disagree yes. with that, but the that should be the one part that I feel like should be tighter than all the others, and it seemed like one of his bigger weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I thought he played exactly, you know, what I was envisioning him to do doing. I I thought he was going to hit some big drives. He's going to hit a lot of really good. Made the long iron shots. He was going to make some birdies. He was going to miscalculate some wedges, which he did. Uh, his chipping was going to be – he's going to have flashes of of chipping chipping well, pitching well. He was going to make a couple putts, but he was going to – his speed was going to be off. He putted a ball in a bunker. Um, I You know, I think if you don't play competitive golf um, for, you know, nine months or whatever it was, I think you're going to do stuff like that when you try to play on a – and I, I don't want to say that this golf course was a championship-style golf course, but in in a lot of ways it was in terms of the conditions, the way they set it up, it's firm and fast. I mean, it played like a tour course. Um, so I, I when we talked what? last week, I thought if he finished in the top 15, that would have been a good week for him. He finished 18th. So, um, you know, not a bad week, 
Um, he still beat the U.S. Open champ, and and then a, a, a Will Zalatoris, a guy coming off of back surgery. So, I mean, it's not saying a whole lot, but um, <clears throat> I think he held his own. I mean, it, it, like I said, we we saw flashes of of what could be. Um, and he even said, he's like, you can do all the money games at home you want uh, to try to simulate the pressure that you feel uh, in a in a tournament like this. Not the same. And, and, I know, and it's still not the same. Like when you, when you get fans out there, when you're on TV and he feels it just like everybody else. And, you know, that it's not even that, you know, it's not that you can't handle pressure. It's like, okay, I, I it's just how good are you at handling the pressure? How good are you at, at handling your nerves and the, the anxiousness, the anxiety of playing, um, you know, in a professional tournament in front of people, in front of your buddies, in front of your peers. And it's, you know, it, and all these things, right? Oh, Tiger's played so much golf. That doesn't bother him. It does. I don't care. You know, unless if he were playing every week and he was number one player in the world, then it would bother him less. Um, but he hasn't done that in a in a year. Uh, so it's going to bother him. He's going to be uncomfortable. He's going to be nervous, uh, especially with all the eyes on him, you know, uh, for not playing in so long. They want to see every single move that he makes. They want to try to calculate, you know, is he coming back? Is he back? Is he you know, how much longer is it going to be before he has a chance to compete or win? Or is he done? Is it over? Like there's so much, it's so much analyzing of his game. You know, he knows that's going to happen. So whether you like it or not, there's those eyes are going to be on you. And there's that, there's that added pressure. Um, and he even, I mean, he even said it like, normally you wouldn't get that from Tiger, but he even came out and said those things mm-hmm. like in his interviews, he was just like, yeah, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm nervous. I'm anxious. You know, I, I haven't played in a while. And I have to, you have to build up that, that you know, it, tournament stamina, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, um, I, and not to not to get off of the tiger talk, but tell you a guy you need to suddenly watch out for, and he's been playing good for a long time. Sepp Straka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's had, a, he's had a good couple of years, and then I think you know he gets onto the Ryder Cup team, he sneaks on that, and then played pretty well there, and just gets this confidence boost i think you know you're sitting around a room with john rom and and mcelroy and hovland these guys and you become one of them you feel more comfortable around them these big guys out there and you see nikolai hogard he wins right was it last week two weeks ago you know young guy on the Ryder cup team and they just get these these boosts from it and it can be a, a yeah. springboard i i think you're dead on there i think you're dead on but uh, I think I, I think you know on just I mean I don't know where you're going, Mike. Next, but if if Scotty Scheffler can putt the way that he putted this week, granted I know it was a limited field, but he still putted better than we've seen him putt in a probably a good solid year, year and a half. If he puts this well and continues to to play the way he does, tee to green, I, there's no reason that he doesn't win at least one major, maybe two, or is is in contention. And every single one of them. There's, oh yeah, he's he's just he hits he's just too good. Tita Green, he hits it too long, hits it too straight. It's his irons too too well. And if you throw somebody who puts just above average, just above the middle of the field, he's going to win seven, eight, nine times. Yeah, I mean he he basically putted a stroke better than what he typically does. So this this week. He go back was, and look at go back and look at where he finished last year. If he put if he put it a stroke better every round than he than he did oh, last yeah. year, he he would have won seven, eight, nine, ten times. 
So he putted. He was. Um, We're still talking about Sepp, right? No, Scotty. <laughs> oh. I was like, I'm like looking at the stats. I'm like, God, are you sure? I- <laughs> Sorry, I, mi- I missed that caveat. I had a seven year old come down here and grab my attention. Uh, no, so Scotty this week was plus point seven strokes gained putting. He was six in the field. You know, he was last on yesterday on Sunday. But if you look at him for the whole season, this past season, he was minus 0.3. Hmm. He was 162nd on tour in putting. So what he, was what was what was plus uh 0.73 last year? Um give me a second. I'm just looking at his stats, not the not the whole uh I'd be curious to see if he putted it with that at that average for for the for the whole year and it's, granted he probably have some some good weeks and some not not as good but if he if he gained 0.7 strokes on the field i would imagine he would definitely be in the top third <laughs> he would be three on tour he'd be he'd be number three Jeez, that's crazy denny mccarthy was 0.956 taylor montgomery was point uh 0.919 uh, Denny McCarthy, sorry, Denny McCarthy was third. Maverick McNeely was first. Denny McCarthy was third at point seven two four, and Scotty Scheffler was point seven six nine this week. He was, might not have, he might not have lost. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> One every event. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> so again, one event, four rounds. But if if he can just if he can just be a zero. In putting, just a zero point zero in putting, he'll win four times. Oh yeah, that's a given. So, it's what else given. did you make out of uh, anything else from the hero? Anyone else? Justin Thomas well, played well after a yeah, very very rough front nine. Yeah, would he start start with a triple after the fir- the third hole or something like that, and then and then came back? Yeah, he took like a, an unplayable on the first hole, and then hit it out of bounds on the third hole or fourth hole. No, yeah, so, so round one, he, he bogeyed the first hole. Yeah, they had to take an unplayable there. Yeah, bo- birdied three, tripled four. Um, and then was 19 under after that. Yeah. Oh, it's, what, what can you expect from a top five player in the world? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say, regardless, it's good to see him putting some good numbers together. Um, playing some good golf. The guy's a stud. He he's a he, he's someone who, you know, your kids can look up to. He's a good guy for the game. I like I like wow. you're really stretching those. I like seeing him. <laughs> um I mean, I wouldn't say he's a guy that all oh, your kids would look up to. I mean, I think he's probably a fun what, guy. Why 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 not? Why not? What oh, why God. Here, now let's wait to the let's let's keep the what, argument until later. What what do you want more out of him, Jay? <laughs> well, was it two years ago that he was yelling expletives into the microphone, which he still does? I'm not saying I don't, but I'm not saying that's not the the role model that I want my, my kids to be watching. But you're a role model for your kids. You're a role model for your kids. We I know. I'm, I, I think there's other. I think there's plenty of other players out there. I'd rather them look up. I think to there are two. But I would say after. If, if my son said, "I want to be gritty like Justin Thomas and be competitive like him," I'm like, like "Let's go!" I like that. Let's go. Yeah. I like the grittiness that he has. I wouldn't. I, he wouldn't be at the top of the list in terms of role model players. I, personality, 
or gain. You're a Matt Fitzpatrick fan. I get it. What? All right. What do you, What do you guys think? I'm just changing the subject. What do you guys think yes. of Willie Zalatoris? He struggled. He struggled. That's not good. I, I mean, think he shot 81 and 79 in the same event. He lost on a on a golf course with five par fives and two drivable par fours. Only two people were over par, and he was what eleven over? What was it? He was eleven over. He was eleven over. Wyndham Clark had him by nine. Um, which surprised yeah. me from Wyndham. Which surprised mm-hmm. me from Wyndham. It really did. Yeah, he's a, I mean, he's so a bit Zell of a Torres, guy. Zell Torres lost five strokes on the greens. But in round two, he was third in strokes game, buddy. Yeah, he, one, yeah one, in round one, he was 20th. In round two, he was uh, 12th, buddy, but he strokes game total 20th. Round four, he was strokes game total 17th. Yeah, it still doesn't look still doesn't look great. It, it's that he still went to same, the same wavy little. Yeah, he's yeah. it's I, I feel for him. He's got he's got something going on that he can't. It's it's a he can't get past it. Even what with the broomstick, it's me, still. What surprised me was Fowler. I mean that that's one of the guys that surprised me. I mean he shot sixty nine in round four. And shot 31 on the front, bogeyed the first hole, and then went on an absolute tear. And then shot two over on the back. Yeah, again, I, I don't know how much stock I take from really many of these. A little bit. This I is guess. a rush shaking event for most of these guys. This yeah. is a, this is an exhibition for most of these guys. And I absolutely get it. But on the back side of it, this also gives you an, uh, a little bit of, you know, gives you a little bit of insight into what they've been doing it seemed like victor for the first three days was like yeah i've been i've been spending some cash i've been hanging out not doing anything and then the last day he's like hey just so y'all know i still got it here's a 63 i'm not i'm not dead yet here's a 63 yeah i i just don't know i mean i I guess obviously you'd rather have guys play well than bad but it's kind of pretty easy to fluff off the bad you know, like it's like preseason in any other sport almost. Like yeah. you watch guys and you're like, you kind of like, you want them to play well, but if they play poorly, you're like, yeah, they'll, they'll get together. It's kind of like your mentality. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but let's, uh, let's move on. We got a lot, of, lot to get through today. Um, Rom to live picking up steam, the same outlets that, Rumored it last week, this past week, came out and said it's a done deal. Uh, there's been no serious journalists um, that have come out and said this. We haven't heard anything from Liv, Greg Norman. We haven't heard anything from John Rahm himself. My take on it, he is heavily in it as far as negotiations, but might not be across the finish line yet because he hasn't come out and denied it. I mean, it's been now, we're talking two straight weeks. There's been big time rumors. Yeah. And apparently his his agent's not returning phone calls or texts or emails from to anyone. He's not returning phone calls, texts, emails to anyone. He's got to be heavily in the midst of a negotiations with them. Well, that's all I can say. That's all I know. 
from what we understand, it was from what we've seen. This this is none of this is verified data. I mean, this is this is information that we are only taking in. He wants to change the, the structure and format of the events, and I, I can only imagine to get into a point to where they're able to generate world ranking points. That's the only thing that makes sense. If we look at the dumb math, which is the only math I'm good at, is that he's looking at trying to figure out a way to make this happen while also generate world ranking points. I will say it seems very evident that the conversation is happening. It seems very evident that he's interested. And I can tell you right now, I don't care what the format is. If the figure that we're seeing is correct at 600 million he'd be the dumbest human being on earth not to take that and that figure may not be correct well the, so the, the updated the updated rumor was 300 million dollars through 2029 would be the contract and he'd then the, the, not the, to take that then the estimated i think they said what the the, the other tweet was is the estimated other 300 million would come from the ownership of a team, which I'm sorry, you're not making 300 million off the ownership of a team right now at Live. So not yet. yeah, not yet. No, that's exactly right. And I mean, that was a valuation on the team. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But even at 300, let's just call it 300. How many players have made 300 million on the PGA Tour playing golf? I mean, that's six years. Do you think he's worth 50 million a year? That's no. not up for discussion. I agree with you, Jay. I agree. <clears throat> That's not up for discussion at this point. How many players have made $300 million on the golf course? Well, this isn't really on the golf course, though. But it is. No. But it is. How, how is it not? That's not. I mean, you, you talk on the golf course, you're talking career earnings as far as like tournament earnings. This isn't tournament earnings. This is $300 like sponsorship. Three hundred million to play golf. Yeah, well, yeah I know. I mean, but every I, time, every time you see a career earnings number, it has nothing to do with endorsements or signings or this or that. It's now, granted, yeah. this is the first time okay. we've ever seen anything like this, okay. right? Does, so, does John Rom generate three hundred million dollars over six years of golf? No. Yeah, I mean that's that's that would be the question. Like, if, if you just put the golf, what he makes on the golf course aside, is he making 50 million a year in, in sponsorship dollars? I mean, that he's not making that. No. no. That answer is a no. <clears throat> and I'm not saying he needs it, but at the same time, like, dude, I get it. Like, I get it. I get it. You talk about creating generational wealth for your family, like literal. I, I get that. We've, we've talked about that enough, but take John Rahm's own. It. We take John Rom. I'm take John Rom's own words. He he's come out. I mean, this would be quite an about face for him if he did this, because he has talked about. Uh, it was asked. I saw quotes just this weekend. Someone said uh, something about four hundred million dollars. This was last year, or even maybe the year before. He was like, "If I made four hundred million dollars on this, it would not change my life one bit. Like I could retire now and be happy." He's like, my wife and I would, our lifestyle would not change. Nothing would change with that much money. He's like, I'm on the PJ tour. He used the history and the legacy and all that kind of stuff. But again, I'm just telling you what he said. I'm just using his words. I know words I don't it. matter I in this it. day and age. I get People it. People just but say shit and words don't matter anymore. But 
It's also one of those situations that at the time that dollar might not have been in play. You know what I'm saying? Like it's easy to say that when it's not in play. It's easy for yeah, me to tell you right now, an extra two hundred million wouldn't change my life. Because yeah, but you, you know what? they were trying to get them last offering, year, the year before. I don't have anyone offering me two hundred million. It, I guarantee you they were offering them something. But it was probably along the lines of the Brooks Kepka money. Now lives in a lives in a spot where I feel like right now they're like, we got to really make it or break it. Like it hasn't come out, but if we want to really make the difference and make this the imminent tour, the preeminent tour, we have to go ahead and overspend to grab a couple extra big ones. And obviously money's not, they don't really give a shit about that. They have an astronomical amount of it and they're not, they don't care. They're going to care at some point. They're not just just not going to throw away hundreds of millions of dollars every year, billions of dollars every year. Like at some point they're going to want to return on their money. I don't disagree with that, but I feel like they're in a point right now. They're at a point right now where they're like, we have to throw something stupid at it. If we're going to actually get this done. Sure. I just, you put yourself, you do this for two more years and you're $5 billion in debt on this thing. They make a billion dollars a day. I understand that. But at some point, this is a business. At some point, no, they're going to just back away. It. I'm not saying you're wrong, Mike. I I, I agree with that. I agree this with is you not, This isn't a hobby. This isn't just... I agree with you 100% on exactly what you're saying. All I'm saying is I feel like they're backed into a corner and they're willing to spend some stupid amounts to try and actually make this work. It's really interesting considering that they're supposed to be having this... I mean, hell... Uh, your Sir Al Rumayan and and Jay are supposed to have a they're having a meeting this week about the whole agreement. I, it's kind of weird this is going down right now. I I don't know. I mean, hell, if yeah, I'm live, if I'm live, I'm like, why why are you signing Gray McDowell to the fucking team Smash if you're going to go out and try to get some of these other guys? You know, like Richard Bland got a new contract with the whoever fucking team he's on. Um, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. I think we're both speaking the same language, just in different forms. Like sure. I agree with exactly what you're saying. It is a business and they want to they want to get it done. I also feel like egos are involved and also feel like they have so much money. They're just like, no, we're going to try to get this over the finish line. And if it costs us an extra two billion to do it, we're willing to give up two days of revenue to make it happen. Yeah, it I mean, may not, I, it, it may not. It may not get finalized. <laughs> like it may not all get done. They may still lose. They could give John Rom three hundred or six hundred or whatever it is, and give another player some stupid amount of money to try and get it done. It may still not work out. But I do feel like there's a part of them with the egos and the amount of money that they have. There's like we're going to throw one last ditch effort to try and sign all the big guys to a stupid amount of money. And we're gonna see what we can get done. Because I can tell you right now, I I I can't imagine some of these guys and John Rom's the the one that's in the you know on the hook right now. But it's like if we're able to get John Rom and we're able to get a couple more guys and we throw some stupid money at them, and I'm again, this is totally arbitrary. None of this makes sense. But if I was if I was able to say, all right, I can get John Rom. Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler, and I got to pay them all five hundred million to do it. But then at that point, we have the upper hand; they're willing to do that. Yeah, um, we also don't know what their business model is. Like, what what is the end goal for them? 
you know, it, is we, we, we're looking at it as, okay, we, they're trying to turn this into a profitable tour. But again, as we said in the beginning, what if their goal is not to turn it into a profitable, uh, you know, golf tour? What if their goal is to just totally corrupt and smash and disrupt? And if that's the case, they don't care how much money it, it takes to get to that point. You know, I, again, we don't know what those parameters are and what they've what they've said they want to do and how much they're willing to spend. I, I know that seems a little far-fetched, but I'm sure there's part of that uh, that's baked into that. Like, hey, guys, whatever we have to do to get this done, you know, do it. Because in the end, the, the end game here would be, uh, you know, it could be much more profitable for them in the long run to to kind of infiltrate the, the American system in some way. Again, I'm not trying to make it all about politics, but it, there's no, you're, there's you're definitely, right. There's got to be something. There's there's more to it than just hey, let's just we're just trying to beat the PGA Tour and have the best golf tour in the world. That's that's that can't be it. It just doesn't it doesn't add up based on exactly for the, the exact reasons that we've just talked about, like how much money they're spending. Like it doesn't make any sense. You're not going to recoup that money with with any other sponsorship deal through golf. You're just not getting the viewership. So why are you continuing continuing to spend that much cash? Again, I feel like the business model that they've got written up is not about making it a profitable, you know, golf tour. It's, it's something deeper that yeah. we they're don't know get, about. They're trying to get in bed with the, the businessmen in America and sure. make, you know, normalize working with Saudi Arabia. And so if they can, because that payoff could be way bigger than just having, yeah, a, it could be, they could say, tour. let's, I'm going to, we're going to spend 4 billion on live to hopefully make 12 billion on these three deals. Exactly. So but we'll see. Um, you ready? Anyway, it's not one more topic. One more topic. I'm available. I'm just going to go off. <laughs> I'm going to go on another mass hold minute. Uh, on not going to be well received. Chris Stroud. <laughs> uh oh. I didn't see this. I didn't see this. So Chris I Stroud in the mules of, of the PGA Tour. There's now a petition going around that these guys, all these journeymen, the bottom tier, the bottom of the bottom tier of the PGA Tour, these guys are all pissed off. And it's and Chris Stroud. I'm not going to read you the comments. If you want to go look at, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at the article that he, he kind of spouted off and why he's playing in the live um, promotions event. I think it's, I don't know if it's next week in Dubai or, or what, but man, these guys are so fucking clueless. They just don't, they do not get it. And this is where my issue is. And I texted you guys. The players are just as much at fault as Jay Monahan and the executives. And the TV executives and the USGA and all these people of the downfall of professional golf right now. Because the Chris Strouds of the world think they should make as much money as the guy that puts asses in the seats. Of the Rory McIlroy's, the John Rahm's, the Scotty Scheffler's, the top guys that, one, are the best players. That the people want to watch. They have the personalities. They have the marketability. There's about 15 guys on tour that pretty much make all the revenue for tour. The tour, about 15 to 20 guys that pretty much make all the TV revenue, the ad revenue. It's about them. And the Chris Strouds of the world think they're worth the same as much as them. You're not. You're sorry. You're not. And then you do have those 15 or 20 guys who think they're worth as much as Patrick Mahomes. You're not. And it's just like. Guys, like, get your shit together. Like, come have some self awareness. Like, look at this. 
And I know it, it golf, professional golf is an individual sport. And so these guys are all very self-centered and thinking about themselves. But God, they're all coming off as entitled, pampered fucks. And that's a direct <laughs> quote from a, a hut mic from Patrick Cantley, of all people, like six years ago at Kapalua. He got caught on the mic saying, pampered fucks. That's what these guys are. They're all entitled, pampered fucks. <laughs> and it's driving this sport into the tank, along with the dumb executives. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I agree with you. I don't think that's driving it, the the sport down. I mean, th- those guys have been there forever. There's there's there has always been guys like that. Uh, and I I I actually am a buddy with Chris, and I you know I'm, I don't want to lump him into that. He probably made some comments that he wished he could take back, but um, I, there's those guys are always they've always been around. And they will always be around. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that they're driving the sport. I, it just puts a, it leaves pe- bad taste in people's mouths. You know, like you said, for the reasons that you just mentioned, like, it's like, wow, you get to play golf for a living and you should be, you should be grateful. It's just so happy and thankful that you get to play golf. And, you know, cause a lot of those guys, like you said, I mean, three quarters of the field, you know, you can show up to a PJ tour event and you're like, hey, let's go watch golf. You know, Oh, cool. We're going to the waste management. And you don't know anyone in that field other than, you know, 15 or 20 guys, but you're like, Oh, he's a professional golfer. This is fun. It's cool. But I still don't know who you are. If I bumped into you in Scottsdale after the tournament, I wouldn't even know who you were. So, you know, to think that, you know, you, you're in a position to where you should, you should be getting more, always getting more, not treated well. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, like, I think there are there are times where maybe the the PJ Tour has not in some ways not represented them that well, but um, in a lot of cases. But yeah, it, it is it does get a little tough when they make comments like, like that. He's, you know, like he's talking like the the PJ Tour is like against him. Like I actually think the PJ Tour is too much for guys like you, like these journeymen. Right. Like it's it's too it's too hard for these guys to lose their card because of they got 40 this oversaturated schedule of 47 events so all these guys can play and all these dumb exemptions and career money exemptions and past winter exemptions and we've gone through a handful of these names in these in these fall events this this past year of like this guy's still playing golf on the PGA Tour like Chris Stroud has made over 400 starts and he's only made about like 52% of his cuts He's only been in the top 10 34 times, yet he's still made $13.5 million. Like, crazy. Like, dude, you're the reason. Like, the PJ Tour has been too easy to keep your card. There needs to be more turnover for guys like you. Like, I can't imagine that, you, that you've played golf for that long on the PJ Tour. Your pension has got to be through the roof because you've made that many starts and that many cuts. Like, thanks for know. Like, I I just I just think he's just totally clueless, and and there's a lot of guys like this now. This damn petition, like, God, don't get me wrong. I got my like I said, I have my issues with the top guys too because they think they're worth too much money. But dude, Chris Stroud, like, get, spare me the cry me a river. Like, oh, the PGA Tour is not looking out for me. Like, they look out for you too much. Like, let's get some young guys in here from college and the Corn Ferry Tour versus watching you miss cuts half the year. I, I will. I will say that they, they do make it pretty tough to to lose your card in a lot of ways, and it's very tough to get out there. So uh, yeah, that would be. Uh, I I don't would be, disagree. It would be nice to to shake that up a little bit. I, I yeah, the, the, all the categories, the past champions categories, when guys haven't played in so long, that does get a little old, especially when you've got some people who are playing 
full time. And and you know, I, there are some guys that that have earned their their right to to get a couple starts a year, and and I'm for that. Um, it's the the people who take advantage of it, the guys who will they'll tee up and then quit after the second hole. I'm like, ah, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm like, man, you've got somebody just sitting here waiting to get us their first start and a chance to play. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to, you're going to tank it in after two or three holes because you're just not feeling it. And I'm like, oh, because you're in, you're in that past champion category. That's bullshit. I uh, agree with you. Jake. You want to throw up. No, I, I, um, I agree. I agree. I agree. I think that there are too many exemptions given up to guys that can't compete. I won't go too deep into that. I understand there's an earned right, and I'm okay with that. But there needs to be a more defined line. And if you have guys that are competitive and deserving, they need to have opportunities as well. And I'm going to leave yeah. that. I'm going to, I'm going to leave that right there where it sits. I'm not going to go deeper into that. Anyways, that was just my thing. I, I saw that article and then I saw this petition coming a few days later that all these mules are signing. Um, mules. That's, that's, that's the quote from Ryan armor. He, when he was bitching <laughs> earlier this year, he called him and all these other journeymen that they were the mules for the PGA tour. <laughs> yeah like because you're so you're so burdened dude you're no one you you never have to go to a charity outing because nobody wants you like you don't have to go to <laughs> clinics because nobody wants you like spare me that shit like they don't want you with the pro-am parties they want rory and justin thomas and speed they want those yeah. guys there they don't want you so you're not a mule for the pga but, tour hold on a second i will say i've been a part of some pga tour pro-ams as a caddy and these guys love creating a relationship with a player. Doesn't have to be the top player in the world. It could be someone who's charismatic. And they, the Pro-Am guys love creating relationships with that player. I've also been a part of some PGA Tour Pro-Ams with some top players where I was looping for a amateur. And the player didn't give a shit. Oh yeah, yeah that's that and sucks. The, the AM participants did not have a great time because they didn't feel like they got one. I mean, their money's worth. I mean, what it costs to play in some of these things. I mean, it's ten grand for some yeah. of these participants to go out there and play, and like they throw a good pro AM party and all that stuff. When you go out there, you didn't pay ten grand to grab a couple of free items and a, a good buffet. You went out there to to enjoy time with a PGA Tour professional. And there's been many times. And especially a couple that I can remember specifically with some top players that will remain unnamed to where the guys did not enjoy their time with that pro because he didn't give them the time of day. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think so, that's I, I don't, that's just I, I, top does, guys. There's plenty of the bottom guys too that are dicks to these people. I don't well. disagree with that as well. I, I I agree with both of those statements. I agree with both of those statements. I'll leave I'll leave that where it sits, but it's not it's not totally inclusive. To the to the one, the one guy out there. That's sure. it all. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's just. I don't Are know. we ready? Are we ready? All right. So I'm, I'm going to say golf. I'm going to say two minutes, and I'm going to let you guys go because I think you're going to be you're going to have more to, more to say than me. Done. I'm done. So the Put USGA. Would you let me just fucking speak for a second? God I don't want to. 
I don't want the USGA. I'm sure, as as everyone has heard, uh, actually they haven't even come up with the announcement yet. This is just, um, you know, it got leaked to Golf Digest, um, and they came out with it Friday night. Is I think I think I heard it's supposed to be Wednesday uh, of this week that they're coming out, but USGA RNA are not only going to roll the back the ball back now for the professionals, but they're going to do it for the entire game. Uh, 2028, they changed the date, 2028 for the professionals, and it's going to be 2030 uh, for the amateurs. They did slow the speed down. Their proposed rule uh, that they had put out in the spring was that they were going to start testing at 127 miles an hour. They're now going to start testing, uh, if this report is correct, 125 mile an hour. Um, so that that has slowed down from their initial proposal. But no model local rule, no bifurcation. Everyone is getting slowed down. We all know, and I, I don't want this to turn into an argument on the it's professional gotta. professional game. It's it's, it's gotta because we already had that discussion like three times. We, we everyone knows where we stand. I think there should be a rollback for the professional game. However, I do not agree with a rollback for the amateurs. Let people have fun. Let them enjoy the game. That's why I'm for bifurcation. Do not touch the amateur game. It is asinine that they're doing this to the amateurs. Go ahead. I'm quitting golf. I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm quitting my job. I'm quitting everything. I, I want nothing to do with the sport at this point. I, I really hope you're kidding. I want nothing to do with the sport. No, actually, I, I'm not going to quit my job because I actually stand to benefit from this. But on the back side of this, this is the worst thing to happen to the sport since the belly putter. And it's even more impactful than way worse. the belly putter. It's, it's, yeah, way, it's way worse. worse. It's way, way worse. worse. And the fact that they're testing at 127 mile an hour speed. How many guys on tour have 127 mile an hour club out speed? I'll wait. No, and that's, that was the whole point, but I, yeah. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen to happen to the sport. I don't want any part of it. I'm stocking up right now on Jesus. balls, the non, the non bifurcated, but whatever. The, the, I'm stop, I'm stocking up on fast. McLean, you got six years, pal. Buddy, if you think I am stocking up now, wait till you see my stockpile. And well, I thought you were quitting the game, though. So why do you stockpile golf? I, ball I, I am quitting. I'm quitting. I'm going to sell them on the black market for a hundred dollars a fucking dozen. That's what I'm doing. I've got five hundred dozen in my storage unit right this second. And you wait to see what I have when this thing all shakes out. I'm done. This is the worst thing to happen to the sport I've ever heard of. You're not it, quitting. It really, it, it really is. I, I, I am. I got. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm moving back to Florida. You're not quitting the game. Gonna, You're so I'm dramatic. Getting, You're so dramatic. You're not quitting back the game. on a boat. It's the worst thing that I've ever heard of. Why are you going to quit the game? Because I don't trust the governing bodies anymore. I no longer trust the governing bodies to have our best interests at heart. I no longer trust the governing bodies to have the majority of the golfing public in their heart and have their best interest at heart. They don't. They do not. They have about 12 guys that they're trying to slow down, and that makes no sense to what we're actually doing in the sport. It makes absolutely no sense at all. You, We're in the, the highest point 
in in the world of growing this game. It's never been this hot. And we want to try and stagnate that. And that blows my mind. I cannot be a part of this. I absolutely cannot be a part of this. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up pickleball. I'm gonna I'm doing something else with my time because at yeah, I'm calling bullshit. I'll check with you in 2030, but I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> I no longer trust the governing bodies keep the golfing public in their best in their be- oh i think my microphone messed up no you're Hold good on. you're good you're back you came back for a second right. i no yeah. longer trust the governing bodies of this sport to have the golfing public in their best interest i do not believe that we're in the best growth period we've ever seen by a landslide and they want to stagnate that growth and that makes zero sense to me there's been by far in a way a a, a public not i don't want to say uprising but at the same time there's been no group discussion that has been in favor of this there's been not one not one even on this podcast we're two against one but in the grand scheme of things there's been nowhere where the vast majority has been yeah you're right this is a good decision it's not it's not a good decision it makes zero sense to me. And that just goes to show that we are catering to the top 0.001% of professional golf, not amateur golf. We're catering to the top 001% in professional golf. And we're not looking at what the opportunity really lies. We're not changing this for the betterment of the golfing public. This is an awful decision. This is an awful governing body that we have. And my hopes are that the PGA Tour bucks this and says that we're not doing it. And I think they will. I truly actually think the PGA Tour is going to say, we're not going to do it. And I think the USGA are going to be putting a, uh, a standpoint to say, well, you have to do it in this one event. I think players will boycott the US Open. I think, I think quite frankly, that this is not going to go through. I think that they're going to ultimately come down to would be met with so much opposition that they're going to have to retreat. And that's what my hopes are, because this is the worst thing I've ever seen in the, in the sport of golf. It is so bad. I, I, I I'm struggling to get my words out. Cause I'm so frustrated. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeling so you're ready to now. just spit on the microphone. I'm ready. I think he definitely already has explode. I'm ready to fucking explode because this is so bad. None of this makes sense. There's not one poll that's ever gone out there that has been in the favor of rolling the ball back. There's not one poll in existence that I know. But this goes back to the same thing that the USGA said with the with the belly putter. No one wanted that to happen either, and they did it because Mike Davis said specifically this was his goal to make it happen. It was a personal, it was a personal endeavor of his yeah. to try to feel like he he respected the sport. That is incorrect. We're trying to draw people to the sport. We're trying to draw people to get involved in the sport. We're trying to draw people to say longevity to this sport. This is not doing it. This is incorrect. This is a wrong decision. This is bad for literally every golfer on the planet. And yet they still want to go through with this because they are egotistical. They don't understand what really comes to the game, what really benefits the game. 
They, they're not in touch with the everyday player. They're not in touch with what happens on a daily basis at golf courses around the country, including yours, Mike. And at the end of the day, I am I cannot be here to be a part of it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So and when the rollback <laughs> comes, when the rollback comes, I'm out. I'm fucking Pick out. I'm Pick fucking out. All right. Can Jay talk? <laughs> I don't know if, I, if there's anything else I need to say. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't really think it's a great idea. Um, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of other things they could have done to kind of, uh, grasp this or slow this down. I just, I, I, it sounds like a, a personal vendetta from a couple organizations. I, I equate this to like NCAA and their, their, uh, stronghold on, uh, you know, their players being amateurs and not receiving any money. Uh, and look how that worked out. Now we've got, they they could have done it a better way, and now we've got chaos in the NCAA with the transfer portal. I think there's going to be some some maybe I don't want to use the word rebellion, but I think there's going to be a lot of angry people. I mean, to your point, McLean, I think they're I agree they're, they're trying to. It, it sounds like there's you know less than point zero zero one percent that that really think this is a good idea, um, and we're 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 succumbing to the, that that small percentage. And it's like the majority of all golfers in the world <clears throat> would rather play a ball that, that they can hit further. It's they, they're already doing it. So why would we want to go backwards? I think I've, I've said this from the beginning, my, my biggest complaint with this is it's one thing if you put a limit on it, um, you know, moving forward, which they've done with the driver uh, in a lot of ways, how fast it comes off the face, the size of the, the, the driver, but to take to take a ball and go backwards, it just it just doesn't make any sense. Like uh, we're we're we we are trying to progress as a game, and I just it doesn't make any sense to go backwards. Um, I just think it's weird. Um, but yeah, we'll see if if it all officially goes through and how the PGA Tour adopts this rule. And you know, granted, it's five five years, so we'll see. But Mikey, explain to I know well you guys both probably know, but I know you explained it, Mikey. What is what is exactly? If you can explain to the listeners, how are they going to measure this rollback? What what? How is it going to be graded? How is it going to be tested? So you said they're going to drop just... it to testing at one twenty five. So this is the part that I think is a little a little weird. So yeah, so basically all they're doing, and really all this is, is just changing the testing parameters. By changing the testing parameters, the, the manufacturers are going to have to roll the golf ball back. Um, there's going to be multiple ways of them doing that, and they probably already know how to do it. Like, oh, Keegan Bradley was already talking about it. He already had balls from tricks on that he was messing around with, rolled back golf balls. But what they're doing, the current... I don't have the years Every in front of me. Every manufacturer is already testing those. I know for a fact... Every manufacturer is already producing okay. those. Um, they're, they're more prevalent than you would think because everyone's trying to get in front of it. That I can say for a fact from a manufacturer standpoint. I, I can believe it. Yeah, they've got to oh, be prepared yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, the, what, the, what exactly the, does it mean? Roll it, roll the ball back. You so know? I, I forget when they changed about 20 years ago. I forget what the speeds were, but they do robot testing and they changed it to. Uh, 120 mile an hour club head speed. The ball could not fly further than 317 yards, plus or minus three yards. So even at the longest, it could be 320. It would still technically pass. Um, 
now what they're doing is the initial proposal said they were going to go to 127, but this report from Golf Digest said the new testing speed is going to be 125. So they're going to test at 125 miles an hour, but the ball can still only go 317 yards. So they haven't changed the total yardage. They've just changed the speed, which means the ball is going to have to come off slower. So what are they? What drivers are they using to test this? How does I, I don't know that. Yeah, that, see, this is the part that it's like okay, now what do manufacturers do? They don't test three woods the way they test drivers. Do now we get these? I'm assuming these that's what the, the plus are, are the, super hot, and now you can you know like these mini drivers. Is that where people go? And like, hey, they're, they're not testing you know the 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 speed of this three wood and the way the ball comes off. I'm Great gonna point, use these, Jay. I'm going to use this three wood and just tee it high and smash it and try to get around it. I mean, there's there the the point I think it were that I'm getting at is that if you try to go backwards with something like this, uh and and the the parameters of how you're going to measure this are not super clear. There's they're gonna find a way to keep keep the distance, keep it up the best they can. I it just it, so it's almost like we're just it's like we're going we're trying to go backwards, but are we really going to go backwards? And I think all this we're is gonna a, do is create I, I some turmoil. I think this is a governor. I think this is a speed bump, a temporary governor speed bump. It's a temporary joke is what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Bifurcation doesn't Rory sound that bad anymore. Today, now, Rory came out today, and I'm a big Rory guy. I don't want to, I'm not trying to trash Rory, but I did see a statement that came out today. that says, I don't feel like the average golfer hitting it 10 to 15 yards less is going to deter people from wanting to play golf. But at the same time, uh, I think he's guy that's hitting it. The <laughs> guy that's hitting it 260 is all of a sudden hitting it 245. That's not as exciting. And we um, all know, we all know across the board, like forget bifurcation, because that's apparently out the window, which it should be. But at the same time, we're gonna draw people to this game. We're gonna keep drawing people to this game. Think about new players that want to come out and, and and play this game. They're like, well, I'm gonna hit it shorter than I ever did. I I I I played once a year or twice a year or three times a year. And we now have currently the youngest playing public that's ever existed in the game of golf. We now have guys out there. And it's funny because I see it on a regular basis, especially in my, my gig to where we have guys that aren't the best golfers, but they have a ton of speed. And the funnest thing to them, that literally the most fun thing that they can do is hit the ball long because they can't get the ball in the hole. I'd, I'd agree with that. that. I mean, that's 10 to 15 that, yards. That's the one thing that, that draws draws people, new players to the game. They don't come and play golf because they make a five-footer and, and they, they're like, wow, they, this is fun. I got to putt on the putting green. I made a putt. Or, man, hit a great chip. I love golf. They they enjoy playing golf because they like to they like the feeling of of the contact when they hit a driver for the most part. Yeah. And and they like to see the ball disappear quickly. Um they like to I, hit the long ball. Yeah, they I can't mean, make birdies. They can't make birdies. But I, but I think that's, that's what draws they can hit they can hit 300 yard drivers. I see it all the time, Jay. Sure. We now yeah. we're so beneficial in this industry right now that we've gotten so much younger. We have guys out there currently that are getting into this game much younger than they ever have previously. And they have a ton of speed, but they don't know where it's going. But every now and again, they can they can clip one, and they can hit a 330-yard drive. They might not get up and down for double bogey, 
But at the same time, <laughs> they can now generate a ton of club heads, hit that drive and walk home, tell their wives and friends, dude, I smoked one 330 today. I made seven, but I smoked one 330 today. And that's, well, what they, that's what they attribute their enjoyment to this game. That's what, yeah. That's, that's we're going to try to roll that back. And at the same time, I saw something with Kyle Berkshire today saying, yeah, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to hit this shorter. You know how many people want to see Kyle <laughs> that, Berkshire? That was a, spoof, that was a spoof meme there. Do you know how many people want to see him hit it shorter? Like, literally, let's take a poll. How many people want to hear see Kyle Berkshire hit it shorter? It's fucking I zero. Could care, I could care less about Kyle Berkshire. But you should. No, it's, it's, a part of the game. it's a part of the game that's helping to grow this part of the game. It's, it, it attracts younger audiences. That's what we all need to benefit from this game is younger audiences playing the game and being a part of this endeavor that we're all a part of. Hitting it shorter mm-hmm. benefits literal nobody. Literal nobody. They're testing it at that's, 125. That's not true, but I'm not Tell me how many it, people but... on tour are swinging it at 125 mile an hour. Tell me how people on the PGA tour, the greatest tour in golf. That's but the, that's the biggest tour in golf. No, fuck you, Mike. The biggest <laughs> Come on, tour McClain, in golf. Chill the fuck out, what dude. Are, chill the fuck what, out. How many people hit it 125 mile an hour club at speed? If, how you, many if you want to have an adult conversation about this, I, I don't know if you remember me saying that I disagree with them affecting the amateur game. If your rage has gotten in the way of your fucking ears. But it's it's not the amateur game doesn't matter anymore. Well, at least let's let's talk with out the but bifurcations out the window. So you know you no longer have that argument. The bifurcation's out the window. We're talking about what happens for everyone, everyone, everyone okay. at this point. I, I I get that, dude. You need to chill the fuck out. No, I won't because this is that wrong. This is that wrong, Mike. I dude, love you. You need you're, to you're chill the fuck best out. In, you're, you're one of my best friends in the fucking earth. But at the same time, when we talk about. Benefiting the game overall, I, dude. I fucking told you I don't want this for the amateurs. What else do you want me to say? But I told not, you what was not done. Part of the discussion. Anymore. I also it's want you to actually anymore. on this on this podcast. I actually want you to I spout get legit facts, not just get spout bullshit, disingenuous bullshit. But spout Mike, actual facts. But Mike, but Mike, that's out of the equation. Bifurcation. Bifurcation's over. I understand that. The new you know who pushed him to that? You know who pushed him to that? The manufacturers and the PGA Tour pushed him to that because their biggest argument back in the spring was, oh, we don't want bifurcation. So the USGA said, well, guess what? You're not going to get bifurcation. We're going to fuck all the amateurs too while we're at it. Bifurcation doesn't seem so bad now, does it? No, bifurcation still sucks. Yeah, this is not it's not an attack on you. I'm just saying in general, this does not better. Uh, look, look, all right, I'll take a deep breath. <laughs> You're just I, again, yeah, I'm the, the, fine with does not I'm fine benefit with you the golfing public. All of this. I disagree with half of this, but you're None also of you're, some benefit. of your facts are a little fuzzy there, pal. They're not that fuzzy, they're pretty fucking actual because when you look at <laughs> when you look at what people enjoy. I like that. I've told you that. I can't wait to watch Tony Finau hit 280 yard dingers. Oh, that'll be fun. So one. So Brian Harmon's going to have to. Brian Harmon's going to go the way of Tim Tim Clark. So at one at 127, you're saying they're dropping dropping it to 125, Mike. The the proposal the, the that they came out with speed. back in the spring, they said they were going to change the testing speed from 120 to 127. They're now going to go from how 120 many, to 125. 
Why can't we get an average club the at The ball feet? can only go how far again? Three seventeen. Three seventeen. But why can't we? Why can't we base that off of the average of the PGA Tour? Not the they, top. They have, but they players. have always. They have always tested at the highest level. This goes back like decades. Since Forget they've been that. Forget balls, that. Why are we penalizing? Why are we penalizing the most physically fit individual? Why can't we look at the average we're, we're, of the we're PGA Tour? We're not penalizing tour? them. We are. We absolutely are. No, you're not. You're penalizing everyone. How 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 are you not? Yo, we're definitely penalizing everyone. But on the back side of that, if we're gonna look at testing parameters, let's put that into the average of what the PGA Tour is. Let's Listen, not put I'm, that I'm, on the top five. I'm not a fucking engineer. Neither are the you two guys. I'm not getting into all the testing and all that. I know, but I you know would agree that I'm zero zero one percent of all the testing. You would agree that I'm pretty in depth in this knowledge, right? You would agree that I have a pretty good background. I I on agree this fucking that knowledge, right? All right, I'm, I just can't do it anymore because it's just clearly I just can't do it. But Say Mike, whatever you Mike, want. Mike, I'll sign Mike, off. Hold me back, Mike, 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 Mike. Hump day. Hold on a second. Are you just talk, just right keep talking? Now. I'll sign off. You can sign off whenever you want. I can sign off. I can I'm, sign I'm pretty off. sure okay. you've. I'm you pretty have sure you have, you have never. To. Oh god, I can't because even. It, right. Don't you want to? Don't you want to listen to some? Hey, all right, Mike, Jay, it's me and you. Perfect. Now we actually get to get some points out. All right. <laughs> My whole thing I, with the testing parameters. With the testing parameters. Why would it not make sense to do this off of the average? of the PGA tour, not the top 5% of the PGA tour. They need to be from my standpoint, they need to be rewarded for their speed. The same thing with the NFL or the NBA. If you're six, eight and an absolute animal, you deserve a benefit. I look at it as the, let's look at this from the average. What's yeah, the, I don't, I, I mean, the, the average speed on the PGA tour. Let's I think test this would. off of the average speed of the PGA Tour. Let's I not test is. this on the top 0.05% of the PGA Tour. That is that's taken that's taken out of consideration the guys like for example, I'm I'm using Brian Harmon again. Brian Harmon is not the fastest player on the PGA Tour, but he's one of the oh, oh, oh microphone went down. But he is but one I of the think, people I think that in the I think that I, I'm the way that I, again, I don't know the exact testing. That's why I was trying to get Mike to kind of explain it. Cause I, I just, I think it, I don't think it will matter. I think it, whether you take the average or the top, I think they're all, they're all going to get affected the same way because it's just basically about the speed of the ball, the, how it comes off. So if, if you did, if you did the testing, say you said at 120, the ball could only go 317. I, I still think it's going to affect everyone this, the same way. Um, at least it, that's the way that I understand it. it Maybe that's not right. Do but. The average, but that that's my whole, that's my whole point. If we're, if we're not doing the average, we're affecting too many players on the lower end of the spectrum. If we're doing the highest in, we're negatively affecting the lower players on that spectrum. So if we're doing this on just the top, I don't know. I don't know the exact percentage, but whatever that number is, we're affecting a lot of other players without taking into consideration players on the lower end of that spectrum when it comes to speed wise. And I feel like there's a lot of journey journeymen out there. I, again, I will use Brian Harmon, Russell Knox, guys that have created great careers 
by hitting the you, ball. You know what? You know what? I'm, I'm curious to see. Uh, again, this is it gets pretty technical, but I'm wondering if if you're measuring with these club man or these ball manufacturers as smart as they are. I'm wondering if you're measuring at 125, say the ball can only go 315. I'm wondering if they change the characteristics of the ball to where the slower speeds are able to keep up because they're not testing at a, no, at, it, the, it, at a it, higher it, speed. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm wondering it, if they but can it, change. But- it's it already of the ball in a way that can allow but it already it does it does even in rory's statement says that the average golfer is going to lose 10 to 15 yards and so, maybe that's the case i just i it, they keep it's talking a percentage. about this it's going to be about it's about five percent everyone has said it's about five percent regardless oh, Mike, across Mike, the back. board Mike, you're back. Good to see yeah, you. you look good, cause, baby. Because you're saying dumb facts to the to our no, listeners. No, I'm not saying dumb facts. What I'm saying it's five percent across the board. Five percent to Brian Harmon is less yards than the five percent to Rory McIlroy. You're right. It is, but five percent to Brian Harmon makes him less competitive than it does to five percent to Rory McIlroy. I'm just not getting into this debate again. If you want to rail on them for changing it against the amateurs and my members, Do you I disagree? support you there. Do you disagree? That five percent less to Brian Harmon is a greater deficit than it is to Rory McIlroy losing five percent. No, it's about the same. Rory, no, because Rory McIlroy is still hitting one iron less. Brian Harmon's hitting two irons less. No, they're probably both about two irons less. No, I don't just I don't agree with that. That's fine. <laughs> I don't agree with that. That's fine. And that's ultimately that that's the issue where we stand today. Because ultimately we are going to lose the long ball. And here's the other part. The bigger the bigger issue out of all of this, the tour players don't matter. But to tell new golfers that they're gonna lose distance and they're not able to hit it as far. Again, I can support you there. I can support you. You've been on a 25 fucking minute preamble. Jay and I have barely said anything because you've interrupted us all. But I agree with you there. I don't want to affect the amateurs. I don't want to affect their enjoyment. Let them hit it as fucking far as they want. I do not care. That's why I was for bifurcation. Let them hit the let the amateurs hit it as far as they want. The USGA's problem over all these years, they make too many rulings based on the professional game. If we just had bifurcated rules, they could make Rules for the professional game, yes, you and I may disagree on on that as well, but leave the amateurs alone. Is that is that good enough for you? Is that is that happy enough for you? Sorry, I didn't go no. on a 25 fucking minute no. preamble and just yell and cuss and, and spit on the microphone and say I'm gonna quit the game and quit my job. Sorry well, I, I didn't do that. Spit. But like I don't know how I became the bad guy tonight. <laughs> like <laughs> you're always the bad guy, Mike. You're always the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, I know. It's really fucking fun. That's why I had to go take a piss and leave for a minute because I couldn't fucking say a word. Like I, I would like to. I mean, I would like to see a, a, a better breakdown. I think it would be nice for them. I mean, maybe they've released it. I just haven't seen it. But I would like to see like the the, the real numbers across the board. I know you say five percent, but it would be nice to see what their testing numbers are. Like, hey, we've tested this ball. Uh, this you know this rolled rolled back ball. This is how far this ball goes at this speed and. And, and I mean, I, like I said, I know they probably well, they haven't. It, but I like again, again, they haven't I'd even like announced this ruling yet. This is just from a report. Like they haven't. Yeah, yeah. We haven't given them but, a chance to announce anything or talk or put anything out there. Sure. 
But I know they have like a chart that kind of says like how far the ball is going to go for this speed and so forth. I just, it would kind of be nice to see how it really, if you can just grasp the numbers on a chart, like, hey, this guy who hits the swings at 115, he's going to hit his driver this far compared to what he's hitting now. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be neat to see that. But the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, I think, I, I do think we all agree that it, this is not helping the amateur game. You're hurting. Yes. I you're hurting a majority of of the, the the golfers in the world right now. Um, now we could agree to disagree on whether or not you know bifurcation would have been a good idea. I think they could have come up with some different ways to kind of cap this and not go backwards from you know from a bifurcation standpoint. Yeah, but it is that. what it is. That's 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 not even that's not even an argument now. It's it's that's not going to happen. So. Um, so the worst yeah. part, the worst part is that the USGA they say, okay, bifurcation is not an option because we got so much pushback. So we're going to roll everyone back, which is probably not, I don't think was the right is not, is that's not the right, the right way to do it. But the USGA uh, doesn't do things the right way. They have an egotistical, um, agenda and they feel like they're protecting something without understanding the monetary benefit to this sport. That's where I land. We have way more people getting involved in the sport currently. And when you tell everyone that they're going to now hit the driver shorter, it doesn't make it more. I don't know the best way to, it It doesn't make it more um, adaptive or it doesn't make it more um, approachable. This is the word I'm looking for. It doesn't make it more approachable for new players. Yeah. Well, but I think I actually think it would affect. I think it affects more people that have been playing a long time versus new players. New players don't know what their distance is. Yeah, yeah I think I don't, I, I don't I kind disagree with that. I think, I, I I think, think the guy that played, I think a guy has played for forty years and nobody gets a seven iron and that's going to go shorter. That's going to affect him more than the the guy that's not playing as much. I agree yeah, with that. I think that, it's going to. I agree it won't with that. Deter, Hang on, let me say this real quick. I don't think it will deter someone who is picking up the game after this rollback has occurred. Um, but I think those people that were fringe golfers say, I just started, you know, obviously we're we're going in the future here in 20, you said 2028 is when they're gonna make the 2030 change. for the M's. 2030 for the M's. So in seven years, you know, for for that person who's been playing a year or two and they're getting into it and they're like, Oh man, I can hit the driver 300. And all of a sudden now I can only hit it 280, 285. I think it's going to affect those, those players that are kind of just getting into the game. And those, those last year, year and a half, you know, uh, before the rollback happens, that's, it's going to affect those people the most. I think if you've been playing the game prior to that, if you've been playing for two years prior, you're probably not going to quit because the ball rolls back. It probably get discouraged. And some people, maybe they, maybe they would quit if they're, if they, you know, some of the older golfers, they're like, man, I'm, I'm getting older and you know, I was hitting it. My distance is dropping every year. And now all of a sudden, now we roll this ball back again. I'm 65 years old. Now I'm hitting my driver instead of 225, I'm hitting it 200, um, which obviously is probably a little more than 5%. That you, You're going to, you're going to hurt some of the older aging golfers and you're going to hurt some of the brand new golfers that are just getting into it and maybe have had a taste of how far that ball goes. And now they have to go backwards. Um, but all the other golfers in between, I'm sure if you played enough golf, you probably love it and you're going to play regardless. You'd probably be pissed for a little bit, but, um, I, so I, I, I will point. say you make a great point to the point to saying that 
a lot of the guys that are 65 years old that play this sport enjoy it. They're also the majority of the most affluent golfers. And all of a sudden, we're going to deter them from continuing this game late into their careers, late into their lifetime. Yeah, that would be a bummer. That would be a bummer. But when they, they're the ones that are the most affluent, they're the ones that spend the most money on going out and doing some of the incredible things that this game has to offer them. And now we're going to deter them from doing so. I just can't support it. Um. Yeah. Uh, what were we, we going to say, Mikey? Nothing, because it's probably going to start a fight, so nothing. Let's go. <laughs> How about those picks? What a, Do we have a tournament this week? There's no tournament this week. There's no tournaments. Well, there's a PNC in a joking. couple weeks. Um, yeah, and I'm just not going to say. I'm just not going to try to fight with facts because it just doesn't work here. They're not facts. Doesn't It doesn't really work here. It and originally working anywhere in America anymore. Words and facts don't matter anymore. So, <laughs> this is the America. You this, we just know. we just shout and yell. Ugh. So, um, McLean's quitting the game. I guess we'll probably end the podcast I'm before done. then because he's. Well, I'm maybe, quitting my job. I'm quitting the game. <laughs> I'm quitting everything. I guess we know. I know if I know we know the end date of this podcast. So I guess I can get that and I put that on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, too. We just won an award. Crazy. Um, we just won an award. Can we well, tell the, the viewers, or I say viewers all the time, there's no one viewing this podcast. Should I, should I come up and give your opening speech? <laughs> no. Well, we'll, dis- we'll discuss it next week when I'm more settled down. Um, oh, I just want to sign the fuck off this podcast. Why would you want to do that? We're in some good quality debate. <laughs> Qual- quality is an interesting choice of words there. Um, not what I would have used. but So... Um, yeah, All right. anything else, guys? guys? Like hitting a 280. Roll back. Roll back. Here we come. I hope it's the that is nice it's, that it's 2028 or 2028 and 2030. That that definitely gives some uh gives some time. I'll have I'll have fifteen hundred dozen on backstop. <laughs> load up. Load up. We'll give yeah. everyone your number since you'll be quitting the game. We won't need them. <laughs> no problem. I'll sell them on the black market. I'm done. I'm doing nothing at that point. I'm going to the beach. I think if the USGA said the sky was blue, McLean would still disagree. Because <laughs> Mike Davis doesn't have a fucking clue. I've been in Tennessee for yeah. Well, Mike it's Davis gray, doesn't work. It's for... been gray for fucking weeks here. I'm not sure if you pay attention. <laughs> Mike Davis doesn't work for the USGA anymore. <laughs> Fuck Mike Davis. Oh, okay, that's fine. He doesn't work for the USGA anymore. But <laughs> I like him. Again, another another fact that we'll just let slide by. Uh, right. So, without further ado, gents, I'm, flying, that was, I'm flying to Virginia just to cuddle with you. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I'm locking all my fucking doors. <laughs> <laughs> Calling in sick from the foundry. You can't, can't find me there. You don't know where my new house is. So. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. All right, gents. Um, I'm pulling up on my, on my website. I know exactly where you are. <laughs> Um, I'm going to bed. All right, boys. McLean, have a great night. No, we're not signing off. You, you, in this podcast, we can keep it going. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Later. Later.